This podcast is part of Mishmash Media. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome to another episode of Curbcast. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And Curbcast is a podcast where we review every episode of Curber Enthusiasm scene by scene in chronological order. And we have started on season seven. We are now up to episode two. I think a Curb classic, Steve. One of my favorite Curb episodes in, uh, well, probably a few weeks because season six has been so amazing. But season seven, episode two, Vehicular Fellatio. What a name. I know. You almost want to say vehicular manslaughter because it's such a common common phrase. But yeah, vehicular fellatio, bit of a mouthful, quite literally, for for lots of people uh, in this episode. Yeah, no, fantastic episode. It's considered a classic amongst Curb fans. And uh, yeah, I can understand why. It's just got everything that you want in a Curb episode. Lots of moving parts. Larry just being an absolute piece of shit, you know, trying to figure out a way to break up with... Loretta, uh, his cancer-ridden girlfriend. With his, uh, yeah, who's, who's struggling with cancer. Just, yeah, it hits it out of the park in every respect. Fucking Leon's on fire in this episode. He's killing it. He's great, um, yeah. He's like, oh, he's, he's so it's good. like you don't tell someone that their life is beautiful unless you're fucking her. And then Larry's yeah, like, like, oh, you, you didn't tell me that. And Leon's like, it's I like, am fucking Leon's her. like, I am fucking her. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> out of the blue. Larry's like, what, what are you doing? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, fantastic episode. Richard Lewis is in it. He was good. Jeff. Just, yeah, a cracker of an episode. Yeah, it was very good. I really enjoyed this one a lot, and I'm looking forward to, to talking about it. But anyway, a bit of uh, bit of housekeeping, I guess. You can uh, listen to this podcast on any podcast service, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Uh, we do have a Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash mishmashmedia. You can pay one US dollar a month if you want, and uh, you get access to Curbcast episodes early, a couple of days or so earlier before before everyone else. And uh, you're supporting our burgeoning podcast network, Mishmash Media. And, uh, Stephen, you can contact us in different ways that's right we've got an email address curbcastpod at gmail.com and uh, we're on social media as well curbcastpod is our handle and you can check out what social media we're on in the show notes indeed all right you want to get into it buddy let's do it all right season seven episode two of curb your enthusiasm <laughs> makes me laugh every time i look at that title vehicular fellatio here we go aired in the u.s on hbo for the very first time on september 27th 2009 larry deliberately tries to annoy loretta against the advice of a renowned doctor. Later, Larry dooms Richard Lewis's new relationship and ends up profiting from Leon's indiscretion with the wife of a depressed pal. And uh, profiting, yeah, we'll explain later what the profiting means. It's kind of, uh, we mentioned last week, you know, Larry trying to get out of the relationship with Loretta. Very um, George Susan-esque in Seinfeld, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. There were quite a few Seinfeld parallels in this episode, that being one of them. Yeah, I know. And then uh, something that's out of his control and uh, the relationship ends. Spoiler alert. <laughs> At the end yeah. of the episode. Out of nowhere. And it, um, he yes. gets, you know, he gets lucky and uh, it, it all just sort of happens how he wants it to. He does. He does. And uh, there's lots of highlights in this one, uh, Steve. You know, we uh, we find out that uh, now the cancer doctor that Loretta goes to, she possibly partakes in uh, vehicular fellatio with her husband, which disgusts Larry and Larry confronts her. And uh, he has a bit of a problem with trying to open up a uh, plastic wrapping on a GPS. He, uh, he gets uh, what's called wrap rage. Yeah, I, I felt that so hard when he was, I mean, I don't get as ragey as he does, but it was similar to the episode with the smoke alarm. Just that like, like <laughs> unreasonable rage that you get. You're just like, shut up. Yeah. It, I, I felt the same when he was trying to open that plastic. Like the, those packages are designed. It's almost like the packaging companies are just trolling the human race because it's just, <laughs> they are unless, trolling, you, yeah. unless you do have like a really good pair of scissors, like a thick 
almost like um like sewing scissors or something like heavy duty ones or a stanley knife or as americans call them uh box cutters box cutters cutters. and the box cutter Um, that larry ironically has in plastic when he goes to open it up at the end yeah is so good (laughs) so So good good. so good yeah and i thought that that was a good unexpected turn of events because when he goes to the shop to buy one uh he picks out one and it's not in packaging yeah. You know, so you think he's just given the the knife with no packaging, but when he needs it at the end, yeah, that, that, that he, was. Yeah, he just got yeah, the I, display. I, he saw the display model, and then he just yeah, got the yeah, yeah, yeah. One. But yeah, yeah, that rage, that rage that he felt of trying to open something is, yeah, I felt that hard. Yeah, that box cutter company, they're definitely trolling. Oh, for sure. They yeah, no, it's just teasing you. Teasing indeed. And uh, it actually, like I said, it is actually a phenomenon. It's called um, rap rage. And uh, supposedly thousands of people every year are injured because of it. Yeah, I can understand that. Fingers you know, cut off like, and scratches and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, just people getting frustrated and, you know, being a bit wild about it. Yeah, I can see people getting injured for sure. You might have noticed as well, Stephen, that there were some sparks uh, when Larry's trying to open the GPS. He pulls out the cooking knife or the kitchen knife to try and cut it. You might have seen mm. like a few yellow sparks. Um, that popped out mm. very briefly. If you watch it, it's like a split second. You can see it. The sparks were visible because uh, he was on a marble worktop. And apparently, oh. uh, yeah, if you if you hit the cooking the kitchen knife enough, hard enough on the marble, it creates sparks. So that I really did. happened to Larry. There were real sparks that got caught on camera. If you go back oh. and watch that scene, it's like a split second. You can see like a few yellow sparks. Oh, I didn't notice that. Mm, yeah, I saw that too. And I'm like, ah, because I thought maybe it was like an effect or something. But I went on the trivia and no, it's, uh, they, were, they were real. There camera. it is. Okay, interesting. Really. <laughs> and the other bit of trivia I have, Steve, a bit of a continuity error. Larry remarks that receiving oral sex in the car is dangerous and there should be a law against it. But uh, you probably remember, Steve, in Amco in season one that Larry wins a bet where and uh, Larry, uh, Cheryl uh, has to give him oral sex in the car. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's a bit, bit hypocritical here. Or maybe he's just changed his, you know, it's been, what, seven years, six, seven, eight years. Oh, since um, that event. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you seven know, years, maybe- yeah. Six years. And also, you know, he seems to be a lot more bitter after Cheryl leaving him. Like, I think he's extra cunty in this episode. <laughs> oh, he is, yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk about why. I think. I think most people would agree, and I think you agree, Ivan, that it's probably his. Like, I mean, we said last week. I think that he was at like bottom or top five most cunty Larrys, and I think. I think this episode is actually worse than last week, and yeah, I would say like top three or bottom three, depending on <laughs> how you want to describe it. And it feels like he's just extra shitty after Cheryl having left him. So it doesn't surprise me that he's like a bit resentful of the fact. That that, uh, you know, he doesn't like vehicular fellatio. I don't know. That could be off, but that's just my take on it. Fair enough. Well, it's totally understandable, but you're right. He could have had a change of heart and uh, who yeah. knows, maybe maybe he tried to coerce Loretta to do it or maybe like in a yep. you know, off, off scene sort of thing and she's like, no, I'm not doing yeah. that shit. What do you think I am, LD? Yeah. Hooker? <laughs> you know, she probably would have said something like that. <laughs> mm. What are you talking about, LD? <laughs> I don't want to do that shit. I ain't sucking no dick. I ain't sucking no dick. I'm not, I'm not some crack whore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's so yeah. unique in a car. She would have said something like that. <laughs> That's some bullshit, Larry. That's some bullshit, Larry. <laughs> and then he would have consulted Leon and Leon's like, no, nah, you can get ahead in the car. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's good shit, Larry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. We're just coming up with like random scenes that never happened. I love it. I think they're believable. I think so too. Well, I think it's kind of, you know, our previous podcast, Bidwabask, those those days, Um, I think, you know, we came up with a lot of hypotheticals. So I think that's kind of, you know, transcended into this podcast somewhat as well. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a skill we have now. Yes, it is. Imagination skills. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Vehicular fellatio scene one. Larry receives a gift from Jeff and Susie, which is a GPS, and he reads the card. He goes to open the 
very tight plastic packaging and he struggles. He tries using different things. Uh, he tries a, a, a small kitchen knife, uh, like, a, like a cutlery knife, and then he tries a screwdriver, which makes him very mad. He moves on to a kitchen knife and he's, uh, you see, he's like, he's, he's emitting like primal screams and uh, he's grunting, he's raging. He's really, uh, he's become really like primal. Yeah, he's losing it. And like again, I, I, Isn't he trying, never... to, trying to open a coconut or something? Yeah, he's like a monkey with a coconut or something. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, yeah, like I've never gotten that crazy, but I understand that frustration. I'm just like, why Like, why is it so hard? <laughs> yeah, why is it so difficult? I have been in those situations. I really hate, like you said, that hard plastic. That yep. really does my head in. I know it's probably for like packaging purposes and maybe yeah, it's to I like mean, to keep it secure, but that just that, that hard plastic really does my head in too. I know I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it, it just boggles my mind as well of like, you know, think of what about what the human race has done. Like we've sent people to the moon, you know, in the 60s. You know, we've just put a $10 billion telescope up that's taking photos of, you know, the deepest, most ancient parts of space, but we can't invent packaging that is like this that is secure and hard but is also easy to open i feel like i don't know this something fell off yeah. on the way on the, on the way to this plastic journey it did even putting like a perforated edge in it you know and yeah just rip just, the perforated something- like um, sections off and then it comes up. That seems like a that seems like an entrepreneur's problem to solve. You know how they say, like, you know, I listen to an entre- a, a lot of entrepreneur podcasts, and they always say that, like, you know, a good business idea is not just creative; it's also practical. Yeah. You know, it's it's you got to find a problem to solve and then figure out how to sell it to people. Well, here we go. Here's like, our like- idea. Let's 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 go into uh, we have Mishmash Media, our burgeoning podcast network. Let's uh, go mm. into the plastics industry. Mishmash, Mishmash plastics for Project Limited. What do you think? Yeah, love it. That'll work. Plastics yeah. and podcasting. A weird mix, but hey, it might work. Hey, whatever. It's <laughs> whatever. 2022, baby. It is. You can be whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> Loretta calls for Larry from the bedroom and he gets so mad that he stomps on his gift. So, uh, yeah, he's that frustrated. He takes all his anger out on an inanimate object. Good for you, Larry. <laughs> Loretta is watching TV in the bedroom. She asks for the channel number for what she wants. She wants to watch a particular channel. Uh, I think it might have been E. I think it might have been the entertainment channel. Was it E? E yeah, it's the E-channel. E-channel, yeah. Larry gets annoyed that he's asked for simple things like this and why he has to go upstairs for that sort of stuff. <laughs> Loretta says, well, I have cancer, Larry. And then Larry's is like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Larry complains about the hard plastic packaging on his gift. Uh, Loretta mm. asks for Larry to take her to a hair and nail appointment. Larry says he's playing golf. I, As soon as he said this line, Steve, very interesting throwback to last week's episode. Uh, mm. Dr. Schaefer recommended to Larry not to play golf at all so uh mm. you can see the seams kind of falling apart on the relationship he's basically not taking the doctor's advice and being with loretta by her side he, he's kind of uh not heeding that advice anymore interesting yeah he's just you know he's just selfish you know the idea of putting his own desires aside to to tend to his girlfriend's difficult situation is just like he thinks he can do both and he doesn't think that there's anything wrong with putting his own desires aside. Yeah, I know. I just, it was just interesting how Dr. Schaefer recommended no golf, like nothing at all. Yeah. And now suddenly he's just playing golf. He's like, fuck this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. selfish. I ju- totally. I just said uh, he doesn't think there's anything wrong with putting his own desires aside. What I meant to say was he doesn't think that there's anything wrong with fulfilling his own desires. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Fulfilling his own desires. Yes. Yes. That's yep. right. He thinks, oh, I'll just put my needs ahead of hers. It's fine. She'll be right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what does he say? He's like, she's like, do you know what it's like to have cancer? And what does he say? He's like, no, but I know what it's like to be with uh, to to be with someone who has cancer. Mm, yes. It's like, Larry. He's just dude. like really rubbing it in, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's really, he's really brutal. Loretta, anyway, Loretta asked for Larry to take her to her hair and nail appointment. And Larry says he's playing golf. And he asks how cancer affects her driving. <laughs> she's like, why do I need to do this? And she goes, I have cancer, Larry. 
And he's like, how does cancer affect your driving? Mm. Uh, Larry says he's going to dinner with the Greens as well as Richard and his new girlfriend. And uh, uh, he asks Loretta if she wants to go. She asks if there'll be any black people there. Larry says no, and she refuses. <laughs> mm. She's like, are there going to be black people there? And she's like, he's like, no. No, I don't like, want why would I want to go? <laughs> exactly. Why? There's got to be at least one black person. In this scene, it's very, I don't know, it seems like there's lots of messaging going on here. Like I said, with Larry basically refusing the doctor's advice for not playing golf in late last episode. And uh, yeah, he's just not really, he's kind of really frustrated with Loretta. I, I'd imagine Loretta's probably asking him the most basic shit, you know, mm. kind of, and he's really, it's really got on, on his nerves. I could imagine he's getting really, really annoyed. Yeah. It's not the first time she's asked for simple stuff like that. No. Loretta's, you know, she's coping with her, with her, um, you know, sickness, you know, her illness the best she can. But, uh, yeah, Larry, uh, Larry is not coping too well in his own way as well. No, and he's not helping her cope. You know, I think, I think on some level, Loretta realizes that Larry isn't the most supportive partner. So she kind of has to step up to her own plate a bit more. You know, um, I think she knows that about him as a person. So she's, you know what I mean? Like, she realizes on some level that she kind of has to be more self-reliant. Yeah, she where, kind of has to be, ordinary, be a bit more assertive too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas ordinarily, you know, people would just kind of do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and I, I don't know, but it's funny how she realizes that, but she also, until, you know, later in the episode when they uh, see the doctor, she seems still okay with it. Like yeah. she doesn't, I don't know, it's it's a weird it's a weird situation, you know, that he's obviously just being a straight up jerk, but she's like, like she's pushing back, but she's also tolerating it. It's, it's, I just found it strange. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Let me put a hypothetical to you before we go to the next scene. What if it was mm-hmm. Cheryl that had cancer? Do you think Larry would react like this? Oh no, he would be, I mean, he'd probably be a bit jerky from time to time, but I don't think he would be, you know, openly resentful towards even just, you know, changing the channel or bringing her something while she's on the couch. I think he'd be much more loving and caring because, you know, it's his wife and he loves her. I think Loretta, you know, they obviously have some sort of bond, but I think she's pretty much a rebound relationship. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't he didn't expect it to be in a situation where he would have to be committed long term, you know, because he's still on some level is trying to get Cheryl back, you know, like he's, you know, he still loves her. He still thinks about her. He still talks about her. So I think he's just, he's in, he's in deeper than he thought he would be with, you know, supporting Loretta. So yeah, no, I think it would be totally different. What about you? Well, I I kind of agree with you. And I I remember when we talked about the Bat Mitzvah, the season six finale, you did have um, criticisms about how abrupt Larry and Loretta's courtship was. Like there was no, Mm. there were a few subtle indications throughout the season that something might happen, but it wasn't really enough to kind of, convince us until like the last second so yeah I, I feel like as well Larry I think a lot of it is probably Larry feeling lonely and feeling like you know a part of him has been removed after Cheryl you know left him and I think yeah, yeah. I think Loretta is kind of like that kind of like more the person to fill that void for him more than anything yeah she's a she's an emotional rebound and also you know because they did have a friendship before it wasn't you know it, there wasn't that need for like an awkward getting to know you stage during the dating like they kind of already knew each other's personalities and yeah. you know flaws and stuff well, so together for a season so yeah exactly so they would you know they would they would already have a rhythm together mm. so i think that was a reason why i mean he obviously likes her or loves her or cares for her on some level he's not just you know, using her, but I don't think he expected to be, you know, in this long-term committed relationship where he's also got to be, you know, the support person for her going through cancer. I think he's just, you know, according to him, he's just way into like in way too deep. It's like, uh, it's like this isn't what I signed up for. Exactly. Not that that makes it okay for him to be a cunt, but that's kind of, I think that's where he's coming from, you know, and he just wants Cheryl back. Yeah. And if it was Cheryl who was sick, he would take care of her. He'd probably be mildly no, annoyed like once in a while. But Yeah. I'm sure he would be a jerk. Like he never, he never passes up an opportunity up to be a jerk but i don't think he would be as cold as he is with 
safe and uncaring as he is with Loretta. Oh well, but it's usually it was just like a it was just a question that came to mind. That's all. Yeah, no, no, I, it's a good question. I, yeah. What do you think, gang? Do you think uh, if Cheryl had cancer, uh, Larry would be nicer to her? Let us know. Send us a you know send us a post on Facebook or send us an email. Let me know. Let us let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Leon is playing pool and he asks Larry if he can call, if Larry can call a friend of his who is a huge Seinfeld fan. And Larry says, yeah, that's fine. And Leon's like talking up his friend. He goes, oh, huge friend, huge friend. You know, I mean, huge Seinfeld fan, I should say. Loves the show, you know, loves it. And Larry's like, yeah, that's fine. All right, whatever. I'll do it. I like how Leon says, I never really watched it myself. Yeah, I never, yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, it's not my kind of show, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could imagine, yeah, I, I don't think Leon would like shows like Seinfeld. Nah. It just doesn't seem like his kind of, his kind of humor. He'd probably like more kind of, I don't know, maybe like, I wouldn't say low class. No, I'm not going to say low class. No, that, that, they, some, some like toilet humor and stuff's funny, but I think yeah, he'd probably like, like, I don't know, more kind of. Something a bit more lowbrow, lowbrow slapstick kind of stuff. But even that slapstick stuff can be funny too. Like, you oh, know, yeah, not you everything can have has like, to be like highbrow. No, you can have like. There's a lot of slapstick in Frasier, and Frasier is like a very intelligent, you know, nuanced show. Absolutely, that deals with a lot of heavy shit. And I love um, Dumb and Dumber. That's one of my favorite comedies. But it's just dumb slapstick. You know, gross. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I that would be more Leon's. Yeah, I think that would be more Leon's style. He's a yeah. thinker. He's a doer, not a thinker. He's a doer, not a thinker. Yeah, he has to get that those instant reactions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. It's like uh, it's not my kind of show. I didn't really watch <laughs> it. And Larry's like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> The scene cuts to Larry. He's in the kitchen cutting fruit, possibly, I assume, for Loretta, uh, as Dr. Phil is on the TV, and he is interviewing a uh, cancer doctor who's also writing a book. And the book is about uh, how she helps couples or people with cancer walk away from a toxic spouse who either has cancer or is related to a cancer sufferer. And Larry is mesmerized by the interview. Isn't it serendipitous how that show was just playing in the background as Larry was cutting fruit? Yeah, and her description of a toxic partner is just Larry to a T. She's like, argumentative, obnoxious, and then she says, and also obsesses over minor details for this, you know, forsaking a harmonious relationship and his eyes just light up he's like yes that's me well the doctor does confront larry or larry confronts the doctor dr trundle later on about it and dr trundle says that larry is exactly who he is in the book exactly Exactly. how she described it like yeah so there you go he's uh, he's everything it's like george is like you know i'm neurotic i'm selfish i'm depressed i have it all I have it all, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like Larry's I have it all moment. Exactly. Love it. Larry talks to Loretta about recommending a doctor that he heard about, uh, the one on TV. Uh, and uh, Loretta asks, where did you uh, find out about this doctor? And Larry says, oh, I found it from a friend. And he goes, oh, what's the friend's name? Uh, Phil. <laughs> he doesn't want to say that he, he's heard it on the TV. And Loretta yeah. accepts because uh, Larry's booked in an appointment with Dr. Trundle. That's that's her name. Yeah, I love how he's like, she's like, where did you hear it? Who, who, which friend? Uh Phil. Yeah, and he's like Phil, Phil James. Yeah, he's just trying to come something. up with like a random name. He's like Phil yeah. James something. Yeah, he's like he's like kind of the surname's kind of like gibberish. He's just kind of like yeah, Phil James and <laughs> just mumbles it. Just mumbles, mumbles it. Yeah, and the red is you know she's convinced. She's like, all right, we'll give this one a go. See what happens. Larry's in the car. He calls Leon's friend in the car to wish him a happy birthday. The friend is very happy. Uh, you know they talk about Seinfeld and all that sort of stuff. Everything seems to be going well. Larry mentions his wife. Uh, because we forgot to mention that Leon did say that his friend has a beautiful wife and uh, Larry says that Leon commented about the friend's beautiful wife the friend gets angry he asks why is Leon telling him about his beautiful wife he gets really really mad and Larry doesn't know 
what's going on. He's very confused. And uh, the man hangs up. Oh, Larry hangs up on the guy as he's getting very violent. He's even saying things like, I'm going to find out where you live, motherfucker, and stuff like that. Yeah. I love how Larry's like, okay, bye. Okay, All bye. right. <laughs> yeah, the friend's name is Alton, by the way. Alton. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> like Alton Venice. <laughs> exactly. That's why I remembered it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> one of your favorite secondary characters on Seinfeld when we did uh, Bimba Basque. Classic tail gunner blows brains out all over the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We had a kid uh, in Korea. <laughs> love it, love it. Yes, Alton, his friend, but yeah, Alton gets really shouty, really violent, really threatening as well. Because we find out that if a person calls your wife beautiful, it means that you either want to fuck her, or uh, in Leon's case, you are fucking her. <laughs> We find yeah, out later on. That's, so. that's news to me. That's, but no, that's news I'll be to me. More, I'll, be right. more care, I'll be more careful about complimenting my friends' wives. <laughs> yes. Larry meets Jeff at uh, a restaurant, at the restaurant for dinner, as he also sees Richard's new girlfriend. So Jeff is off in the distance, and, uh, and Susie, Richard, and his new girlfriend are sitting down. Jeff opines to Larry that he told, uh, Richard told him that his girlfriend gave Richard oral sex in the car. Larry disapproves of any jobs in the car. Hand jobs, head jobs, whatever, right? He disapproves mm. of anything of the sort, which is contrary, like we said in the trivia for the episode to season one where he was uh, for it. Larry greets the others and he's introduced to uh, Richard's girlfriend named Beverly. Susie is complaining about the lack of service as uh, they haven't got any drinks or anything. No no waiters have come up, nothing. Very disappointed. Mm. Larry asks about Beverly's drink because she's drinking an interesting, looks like a cocktail sort of thing. Uh, she offers him a sip. Uh, Larry refuses because obviously he knows about the oral sex situation and, uh, you know, she hasn't, uh, <laughs> you know, brushed her teeth or anything since that, you know, that event. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Larry refuses and she seems kind of mildly confused as to why she won't take a sip. Even Susie's like, take a sip, Larry. And then uh, Larry's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> The scene cuts to uh, dinner, and uh, Jeff is asking if Larry can go to Michael York's party. Uh, Larry complains also about the packaging on the GPS he was gifted. Richard and Beverly uh, finish dinner, and they are off to go see the film Last Tango in Paris, as Larry mocks Marlon Brando's uh, character in that film, and he hates the film Last Tango in Paris. Yeah, he, he really uh, he really lays into it. He does, yeah. He like, even mocks like Marlon Brando and stuff as well. It's like it, it's funny. Mm. For those who don't know, Last Tango in Paris is a film from the 70s. It's like one of those art housey films. It's actually a French film, uh, but English speaking, and it stars Marlon Brando, and uh, yeah, he's an American guy in Paris, and he dates a much younger woman, like half his age. So, um, oh. yes, but it's like really, I don't know. There's I think there's nudity and stuff in it as well but it's just it's very like art housey it's i don't know it's just right. uh, not my my sort of thing but uh, yeah last tango in paris one of okay. the famous uh, famous films so there you go cool. so yeah larry's larry's mocking the film and marlon brando and richard's getting you know pissed off at larry <laughs> <laughs> beverly reaches in to go kiss larry's cheek and larry moves away she gets mad at him and walks off she's like i was looking forward to meeting you but now i wish i didn't and she's very disappointed and she walks off in anger richard asks larry what the hell's going on larry claims that he has a cold sore as jeff behind richard's back begs larry not to say anything about the vehicular fellatio richard is mildly convinced and he walks off so uh yeah <laughs> Beverly, she seems like a nice gal, but yeah, Larry didn't want to go near that mouth because uh, Richard's uh, pecker, I guess, was in there. Yeah, I can understand why she's a bit, you know, a bit upset. Um, yeah. I'd be insulted if someone didn't want to, you know, kiss me or, or take a sip of my drink and didn't tell me why. You know, if they told me why, I'd probably be like, okay, fair enough. But <laughs> Yeah, um, but not because of yeah, oral sex. <laughs> you don't want to ruin no, the relationship. No. 
No, 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 no. I, I'd, I'd want that to be um, something that no one else knew about. But you know, I can, I can, I get why she's a bit upset. Although during the COVID times, you can get away with not sharing drinks and kissing anymore. You can just say, oh, you know. Cause oh yeah, of course. Like, but, these days, you're yeah, like, eh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is before the plague, so. Yeah, different time. Was this like swine flu era? I think swine flu was out around this time, wasn't it? He probably could have used the swine flu excuse, but no. It probably, probably wasn't the swine flu. It probably wasn't as prevalent as COVID. No, I don't think swine flu, it wasn't millions of people. There was no, no lockdowns or worldwide shutdowns or protests or anything <laughs> like that. All that good stuff. <laughs> no. Yeah. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. No, no, it wasn't Bring- there, but no. Fair enough. Well, like, look, honestly, I if I knew that someone, you know, fellated one of my friends in the car and I found out, I probably wouldn't do the same either. Yeah. I'd probably do the same. I'd be like, eh, it's fine. No hugging and kissing. It's, it's totally fine. Hmm. Although if it's like the next day and, you know, you assume they brush their teeth or something, then it's like, yeah, okay, that's yeah. fine. Or you've had a shower or something. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, if those germs are still there, then... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The next day, Larry walks into a hardware store to go purchase a box cutter, or as we call them in Australia, a Stanley knife, uh, as Leon calls out to him from the street and he walks into the store. Leon says that his friend claims that Leon was having sex with his wife, the one that Larry said was beautiful. And Larry said, but you told me his wife was beautiful, you know, I just wanted to say that and stuff. And he goes, yeah, but when we say beautiful wife, it usually means we want to fuck them (laughs) and larry uh, sorry leon says that he actually is having an affair with her for real (laughs) leon says that then that him and larry are now together in this mess and they both need to resolve the situation (laughs) he says something like we're we're one motherfucker or something like that we're both in it together now so larry's in on the situation because anton probably wants to uh wants to uh, physically assault leon and probably larry yeah i think he's just embarrassed and he wants to you know, try and take that out on anyone who knows. <laughs> My favourite part of this scene is when Larry's like, oh, that's fine. You're probably, you know, you're probably not sleeping with her or something. And Leon's like, no, I actually am sleep fucking her. Yeah. It's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> For real. Oh, I love that. That was just, that was just so good. Because you think, you think maybe Leon, like, you, there was probably going to be a scene where Leon's going to try and convince Alton, oh, look, I didn't fuck her. You know, I'm sorry. You know, for the yep. misunderstanding, but he's like, no, I actually did have sex with her. Yeah, it's like totally unexpected. It's like, oh, okay. He's right. like, I'm fucking Larry. Yeah, I'm fucking Larry. <laughs> Larry's like, what the hell? And he walks off, and Larry uh, orders his um, his box cutter, which in it's unpackaged. When we mentioned it's possibly the, the display model, but later on he gets a. We find out he bought a packaged version of the thing. <laughs> Loretta and Larry are at uh, the new doctor's office, Dr. Trundle, as Larry is pretending to be annoying. So Dr. Trundle can suggest that Larry break up with Loretta. So he's doing like all these dumb things. He's, he's asking about these African artifacts and he's like, oh, look, Loretta, African. See, you know, you could probably relate to this. You know, trying to be like, you know, racist and stuff as well. Mm. And Larry's like, what, because I'm black? And Larry's like, yeah. <laughs> he's just like being like casually racist. Yeah, he's just being really obnoxious deliberately. Yeah. Dr. Trundle asks if they're in a happy relationship. He's still being very obnoxious doing different things and even asking Dr. Trundle some dumb questions. Uh, Dr. Trundle says that he, she would like to speak to Loretta alone and ask questions. Larry walks out of the room and uh, begins to talk to Loretta. And then she says to Loretta that she has something she wants to speak to Loretta about in per in private hmm. and she needs to hear something very very difficult i assume she probably dropped you know she was probably saying that larry's obnoxious and she should split with him is that what you think yeah i mean that's when he would have that's when she would have told her for sure yeah. he wasn't just being like obnoxious he was being like racist and stuff as well like full-on really oh yeah he was he was sexist everything yeah he was he was trying to be the worst version of himself just to really drive home that he shouldn't be with Loretta. Yeah, he's, he's putting his dignity, you know, throwing his dignity out of the window and his self-worth uh, to try mm. and uh, look bad in front of Dr. Trundle. So, uh, so, yeah. they, so him and Loretta break up. Pretty, uh, pretty sociopathic shit, if you ask me. Yeah, for sure. He could just break up with her. 
Yeah, easily. But, oh, but remember, you can't break up with someone when they've been diagnosed. That's what Jeff did. Oh, that's true. Said. So he's kind of, he's stuck to that principle. He's like, I can't just break yeah, up with her while she's going through this. He's found a loophole. <laughs> yes, yes. And Dr. Phil happened to magically be on TV in that moment. <laughs> she was on. Interesting how life works that way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Larry is in the waiting room and he spots Dr. Trundle's husband because one of the things he asks in the waiting room he sees a photo of Dr. Trundle's husband and he has a nice full head of hair he's the husband in the waiting room he meets him and compliments his hair the man walks off a man named Dean who is uh, I don't know if you remember him Steve he was uh, Larry's neighbor in season one remember The Wire the one who yep. loved Julia Louis-Dreyfus yep yeah that's him yeah, I recognised him. You recognised him? Yeah. I had to look at him a couple of times. I'm like, Dean? Like, who's this? And I was like, oh my God, he was in season one. Yeah, he was the one who, who loved JLD and uh, tried to hook up that meeting. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so Dean, his former neighbor from season one, recognizes Larry. Larry goes to hug him and uh, Dean has his glasses on. What are they? Like straps? What are they called? Uh, like a, yeah, like a strap, I guess. Like a neck strap sort of thing. Um, yeah. Larry goes to hug him and one of Dean's glasses lenses pops out and they break. Dean says right away that he'll send Larry a bill to repair the glasses. Larry asks, why is he sending a bill to do it? It was an accident. He said that Dean, you know, when, Dean says he went for the handshake and Larry said he saw Dean move forward and he thought he was going to go in for the hug, so he went for the hug as well. <laughs> and he says, Larry says he's not responsible for the glasses because of this. Larry says to mm. Dean that he will rip, once he receives the invoice, he'll rip it up and pee on it. Dean says that he has cancer <laughs> and that's why he's here. And uh, he tries to diffuse the whole situation. He's really calm. He's really, you know, cool, calm and collected. He's probably at peace with, you know, his condition and stuff. And uh, he's trying to yeah. get through it. You know, like many cancer survivors, you know, people who suffer from cancer do. Um, mm -hmm. He tries to diffuse the whole situation, be the calmer person. And eventually Larry kind of feels bad for him. And he says he agrees to pay for the glasses. And Dean's like, no, no, you, mm. you're going to um, help repair, you know, get the bill to repair the glasses. And Larry's like, no, no, I'm going to pay for the glasses. Mm. It's like the, the terminology they're arguing about. Is yeah. Hey, it's good to see a character from like several seasons ago back. I had to do a double take. I'm like, I've seen him before. Finally, yeah, I didn't pick it. At, I didn't pick it at first, but then I eventually got it. Yeah, nice. Because Larry and Cheryl have moved several times since, so uh, it kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, mm. but yeah, that, that was awesome. It was good. Good to have a. Uh, it was interesting, like because it's not often in Curb we get characters who've been in the show like in one episode several seasons ago coming back very very weird usually we might get a secondary character who pops up in a few episodes in a season or maybe like you know they might be in a couple of episodes last season they might turn up in another episode this season you know what i mean like it's not often we get mm. we get a character with such a long stretch of absence um to come onto the show again very interesting yeah no it was an interesting throwback I guess they probably needed to find someone who, uh, you know, who's been on the show that Larry kind of knows. They probably didn't want to do, like, you know, they probably didn't want to have, like, a, a brand new random person because it just kind of wouldn't make sense to go hug a stranger, would it? <laughs> so it's good that, mm. good that they brought an old character back. Yeah. I'll be it very briefly. Loretta and Larry are driving home, and Larry says that he has a pretty, 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 pretty good vibe about Dr. Trundle. <laughs> Loretta says that she will go to her lecture tomorrow, and it's implied that she has to break up with Larry to get through her cancer journey. So, uh, and then Larry and Loretta have a bit of an argument, and uh, yeah, Loretta doesn't say it, but yeah, we, we find out that's probably what Dr. Trundle said to Loretta. You have to break up mm. with, um, with old mate. <laughs> with yeah. old mate, cunty Larry. <laughs> 
Yep. Larry's at home and the front door bell rings. It's Richard Lewis. He blames Larry for causing their breakup. Larry um, jokes because Richard says that this is the most special girl he's ever dated, the most special relationship he's ever been in. <laughs> Larry jokes about it and Richard affirms that it is the most special because the, one of the running jokes for Curb is ri every time Richard is in a new relationship, he says it's the most special one he's ever been in. Yep. It's like it's always... This is the latest one. It's always the latest one, yeah. even though we know this one probably wouldn't have gone far anyway. Larry walks to the car with Richard to apologize to Beverly. And uh, Larry said that he didn't actually have a cold sore, but he heard the um, oral sex story from Jeff, which is why he didn't want to speak to her on that night or do anything with her. Beverly gets angry at Richard and drives off. <laughs> Richard's like, but I haven't had a blowjob in five years. And Beverly's like, you're not going to have another blowjob for another five years. <laughs> and she drives <laughs> off. Uh, Richard and Larry begin arguing, and uh, Richard wonders how he's going to get home. And Larry's like, just catch the bus. <laughs> and Larry walks back inside, and Richard's out the front. He's got no idea what to do. <laughs> I assume he caught a cab or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny. It's like Richard Richard's just been deserted. I just love that line from Beverly. It's like, yeah, you're not gonna have another blowjob for at least five more years. Yeah. So, a good a good uh good zinger. Good zinger, yeah, I know, it's great. Richard, I haven't had a blowjob in five years. And he was probably just so excited he had to tell the first person that he had a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you tell he told Jeff. Yeah, he just he was like a kid, you know, who got like an ice cream and then he had to tell all his friends, I got an ice cream, you know, that sort of shit. He just couldn't keep yep. it in. He couldn't keep it to himself. Love it. Richard, uh, yeah, he he, uh, he should have, uh, well, they say loose lips sink ships, don't they? And uh, he's yeah, another that's true. quote-unquote special relationship. Yeah, <laughs> loose sticks sink something. I don't know. <laughs> the next day, Larry and Loretta are driving to the lecture as Larry praises Dr. Trundle. He spots her husband in the other car. He recognises a man with, like, that really, you know, Richard Gere-esque kind of, you know, grey, white mane. Dr. Trundle's husband uh, pulls out in the lane in front of them and, and uh, he's driving in front of Larry. Dr. Trundle, Dr. Trundle's head is up from uh, her husband's lap area. It's implied that she is also fellating him in the car. <laughs> Loretta spots this and Larry and Loretta are bemused. Larry says she doesn't want to go to the lecture anymore. She doesn't trust someone like that to listen and she wants to go home. She doesn't want to listen to someone who gives oral sex to someone in the car. But Larry's like, no, no, go, go, go. But uh, Loretta's like, nope, I can't be with someone who does this to their husband. Mm, can't listen to their advice. No, you can't listen to someone who does that. Even Loretta has, you know, morals as well. Mm. <laughs> Larry is back at Dr. Trundle's office to give the receptionist a check for Dean's glasses and asks them to give it to Dean when he comes in next time. Dr. Trundle walks in, asks to speak to Larry in his office, and she also asks her receptionist to hold all calls. They're in the office, and she claims to Larry that they didn't go to lecture because she suspects that Larry was going to be told to leave Loretta. Larry smiles, and he denies this. He's he's bursting. I love how he's, like, bursting to tell Dr. Trundle, like, what he's... Yeah, he's like, no, you're, you're far off the mark. <laughs> it wasn't that. He claims that she didn't go to the lecture because of what they witnessed in the car. Dr. Trundle claims that she dropped uh, her cell phone near um, her husband's feet and went down to pick it up. And uh, Larry says, no, I don't believe you. She gets really, really mad. She says that Larry is the kind of man she described in her book. And uh, she gets so frustrated, she begins smacking Larry with her book. And uh, her staff hear the commotion, and then she is restrained by her staff. I do like how Larry's like, oh, I think you blew him. I think you blew him. <laughs> <laughs> I think you blew him. He's being absolutely cunty to Dr. Trundle as well. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. That. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. I love how he just she just starts beating him with a book. Yeah, she whops him over the head. I mean, she's a pretty terrible person. Like her, she is, her, yeah. her, she's manipulative. Her advice, 
her advice is pretty awful. It is very awful. Like you can't just look at a couple at face value because there's you, know, you can't just look at her at face value and be like, oh, you got to break up with this person because how do you know? Maybe yeah. they've got their struggles because you know when people have cancer, it's not just the the person with the cancer going through everything; it's the family too. Like you're all going through the same shit. So yeah, different emotions kind of play out and all that sort of stuff too. So. Yeah, you can't just look at someone for like an hour, half an hour, an hour and be like, you know, you can't just judge them and say, oh, they're toxic. Like, how do you know? Maybe it's the sufferer who's toxic. Maybe they're the dickhead. Yeah. You know, maybe they're the manipulative gaslighter. You know what I mean? You need like Mm. marriage counseling. Yeah. Someone who intimately, who knows you very intimately. You can, yeah, mm. but I, I don't know. I just, I think giving relationships because she, I mean, she's a cancer doctor. She's not a relationship advisor or anything. Yeah, she's she not a therapist. Authority. Yeah, she's not a therapist. She doesn't have authority to do that. Yeah, I, I think I, actually, you know what? Her, her work, I feel, I feel is a bit immoral as well. I feel like oh, she's 100%. probably broken it's- up so many couples in in the Curb universe who maybe had a shot of like reacquainting themselves or you know reigniting their marriage through adversity. But uh, yeah, I feel like she's just you know superficially just. You know, said no. You got to break up with this person, and lots of yeah. lots, lots of couples are broken up. So she's actually a really bad person. I think so. She seems like one of those grifters. You know, she goes on Doctor Phil to shell shell her books. Oh, anyone who appears on Doctor Phil is a fucking grifter a by grifter. default. Doctor Phil's a grifter. <laughs> well, anyway, well, <laughs> I don't want to get into that, but hey, Hello. excuse me, Mister Stephen. I'm not a grifter. Okay, I'm fucking <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I'm not a grifter. Buy my book no. thirty four nine and nine. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's my worst Texan accent I can do. That's not bad. Oh, that's, that's not, not bad. bad. But no, honestly, Doctor Trundle, she's she's. I think she's a morally bankrupt person and a morally bankrupt medical professional, and she should stick with just cancer treatment. Mm. Yeah, imagine like you're you have a surgeon for something or whatever, and then suddenly they talk to you about relationship advice. It's like what? Yeah, you'd be. You'd be a bit off it. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would probably go to someone else. So yeah, it's kind of a good thing that Loretta didn't go. Uh, you know, kind of it kind of worked out. <laughs> and and she gets physically violent yeah. too. So she's very uh, she's very an angry person too. Yeah. Now, it's Stephen, you need to assess yourself, and you need to get some therapy. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a grifter, but you can buy my course for two thousand dollars. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and I'll go through all the steps to calm down. Okay. <laughs> Love it. We were driving to the lecture. We were on our way. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed your husband in the car ahead of us. And then you picked your head up off of his lap. And Loretta decided that she didn't want anything to do with a doctor who would, you know, do that. Who would do what? Come on. Oh, my God. Larry pulls up to his driveway and he sees Leon and Alton's wife. Uh, his friend's wife hit sneaking out the back door. Um, <laughs> Leon says you have to hide her. You know, he, Alton's made it. Alton's at the front door. Uh, <laughs> scene cuts to Leon, who's showing Alton around the house, and he says, "Look, your wife isn't here." As uh, Alton apologizes to him and heads out the front door, Leon breathes a sigh of relief. Larry and um, Alton's wife are in the car together, and, and and she's kind of bent down so she can't be seen in the car. Loretta pulls up, and from her vision, it looks like uh, Alton's wife is blowing Larry in the car. Because her head pops up as well. <laughs> and Loretta's like, oh, no. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> like, oh, shit. And uh, the scene cuts to the Black family, except Leon. They're all getting into a cab and leaving him. Uh, and Loretta yells out, you've had a taste of chocolate. Now you wanted some more. You couldn't get it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're all packed in the car. Larry is totally, like, shocked that the, the Black family yeah, is gone. 
He's shocked, but also kind of happy, I think. A little bit as well, but probably more shocked at how abrupt it was. Yeah. Uh, Leon has some takeaway food, some Chinese food. He walks up and he's wondering what's going on. You think that Leon would be surprised or whatever, but he's a bit indifferent, really. Um, no, he just, yeah, nothing phases him. Nothing phases him at all. And uh, Larry asks what you're doing, and Leon says, I'm taking my Chinese food and going to eat it in my room. And he walks mm. through the front door, and uh, this is the moment where we find that Larry and Leon are going to become housemates. And this is uh, mm-hmm. like a running thing in the series from here on in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there you go. So, yeah, Larry, uh, Larry and Leon end up being housemates. Yep. But that's the uh, the end of Loretta and the rest of the Black family as well, uh, with the exception of Leon. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we see them again for a while, if ever. Mm. Yeah, there you go. So, right, so quick. Yeah. In the final scene, Larry is driving to Michael York's party. Uh, he leaves Richard a message. It's dark and he's in some kind of, I don't know, it, it, he's a bit confused. He, he doesn't really know where he's going. Um, he spots a car wreck and he jumps out to see if everything's okay. And he spots Jeff with his pants down in the car. And Susie is in the other seat and she's on the ground and they're both stuck. So it's implied that, uh, well, Jeff says that they tried some vehicular fellatio. <laughs> And Jeff probably got so excited he uh, he he uh, went on the side of the road. Larry says um, they're stuck in the car. Well, Jeff says sorry, they're stuck in the car because of their seatbelts. And Larry says we'll go get the box cutter he bought earlier to cut the seatbelt. He goes to his car. He retrieves the knife, the knife which is in that really hard plastic that we spoke about before. And uh, once again, he develops rap rage as he tries to open it. He ends up stomping <laughs> on the knife. And uh, yeah. The camera pans out to like a wide shot and uh, that's the end of the episode and the music plays. Nice. Yeah, what a good ending, huh? I, I love it. I love how it was a nice twist where we, yeah, like you said earlier, we thought maybe the box cutter he got was the loose one, but he actually got it in the packaging. Yeah. So, and he had nothing to open it with. Yeah. That's a nice ending to the episode, I think. I think it's great. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Lovely. Anyway, that was Vehicular Fellatio. I really, really enjoyed this one, Steve. Four and a half Larry's out of five. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same. Four and a half? Yeah, sick. Definitely a classic episode and uh, yeah, really, really fun. I think you mentioned, because you've watched the next episode. I haven't watched it yet. Um, we'll record that next week. But um, you said episode three is the reunion where we see the, the Seinfeld gang. Uh, well, it's where you start to see. So Larry gets the idea to um, do a Seinfeld reunion. I won't say why, but um, you know, like what, what makes him go ahead with it. But yeah, he starts to approach the you know the call for jason alexander julie louis um jerry michael. michael richards and jerry yep. and uh you know convincing them to get on board nice so it's a, it's the start of the process but they're in it for most of the episode which is awesome nice can't and, they're, wait and they're all just they're all great and hilarious can't wait to see it <laughs> yeah but going back to vehicular flight show yeah I, I really enjoyed it i think it was really good writing Same, you know i really enjoyed loretta but I, I think you i think you made a good point last week or you might have been like earlier where you said that larry and loretta's relationship i think you said last week if it kind of dragged out i think it would have been a bit too i don't know would have gotten a bit too cumbersome over time so it's yeah. kind of good that they cut it and now larry's got the next objective he can kind of cut that out of his life now and his next objective will be the Seinfeld reunion so um so yeah no I I think it was really well written and I can see why a lot of people enjoyed it was very 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 smart writing I liked it yeah, no, I, I think this is a great episode. Yeah, it was terrific. Yeah, very good. Thank you so much for listening to Curbcast. I hope you had a good time and uh, thank you so much for the support. You can listen to us on any podcast service, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yada, yada, yada. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll be back next week for uh, the reunion episode uh, of Curb Your Enthusiasm, season, season seven, episode three. Can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to it. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. Catch you next week. You take care of yourselves and each other. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of Mishmash Media, an independent podcast network. Follow us on social media at Mishmash Media AU or support us on Patreon. All those links are in the show notes.